Welcome to another football podcast. Tom, what episode are we on? Yes. Yes, we are on episode 10 of another football podcast. And you already heard him. I'm Cari Torres and with me, Tom. Tom, how are you? Muy bien. Recientemente, hermosa clima en DF. Muy bien. No tienes tanto frío todavía. <laughs> Oh, it's been it's been beautiful. Um, still can't believe end of November and I'm out in the hot sun. It's brilliant. Love it. Just wait till it hits you, Tom. <laughs> I know. Well, no, I've already had. I've already. I mean, I had snow in La Marquesa, 10, 10 15 minutes away from me. Mm-hmm. So I, I've had very cold days. Um, okay. But yeah, Keep I'm, en- warm. I'm enjoying it while it lasts. Keep warm, estilo mexicano. A few Mexican fans know Mexican blankets are the best blankets to to use in Mexico. There's there's um, a lot of them around. I mean, it's it's a really interesting. This is a complete tangent to start the show, but it's a really interesting bedding system I found since moving to Mexico, because they just you just have loads of blankets rather than one thick duvet. So it's completely different to whatever been used to good you're experimenting at the mexican style way um and with that we are going to start our show um you guys voted last week and i hope you guys enjoyed our highs and lows of every liga mx team in liga mx we really enjoyed going team by team and kind of you know uh, seeing where we agreed or disagreed or bringing out different aspects of the teams regarding highs and lows and um we had fun um it was a little bit longer but and we went through all the teams so um tom kind of could have went deeper into every team so could have easily been like a two-hour show um but you guys love his um breakdowns of everything so i told i kept tom on a time so <laughs> We survived. <laughs> um, okay, so La Liguilla is finally set. That's one of the topics that we are going to talk about. But before we dig into La Liguilla, we're going to talk about three games over this past weekend, last week of Liga Mekis, where things were chaotic, but not too much chaotic. Um, like, we really like it. So we are going to start by talking about Friday's game, Cruz Azul versus Morelia, one of the teams, one, excuse me, one of the games that uh, Tom was really excited about. Um, we were hoping, actually, that Morelia um, won just so they can get, um, they were in eighth, eighth spot on the table currently at that time. So with the win, would definitely add uh, more points and leverage there. Spot in La Liguilla, Tom, that did not happen. Cruz Azul ended up winning 2-0. Talk to me about that game and how you felt with Morelia's defeat. So close, yet so far. Yeah, it was, it was a disappointment, really, for Morelia. And, you know, Cruz Azul did what they've done so many times this season. They were just clinical. I mean, they, they, didn't, have a, they didn't put in a great performance. They didn't dominate the game. Um, Morelia had a fair share of chances. They they hit the post. They had one one on ones. Uh, Guillermo Alison, who who came in for uh, Chuy Corona, who was um, too busy watching his son play. On <laughs> I actually here's here's another tangent for you already. I actually coached against Chuy Corona's son on um, 
on it was Saturday um, Saturday morning so after fr the Friday game and Chewie was there so um, I don't know if he went to Morelia but if he did he, he got back pretty quickly but Alisson came in and played very well just as Chewie's done all season and like I said they were clinical in front of goal I mean the first goal was absolutely outstanding work from Alvarado uh, the way he created the opportunity for Caterucho, who couldn't miss, and then Pablo Aguilar, as he's done so, so many times in his career, pops up with a goal from a corner uh, and kills the game, really. And yeah, it was, it was a shame for Morelia that they they just came up short. You know, what they've done is incredible. What Hernandez has done is incredible. The guy's taken them from 18th in the Tableta Cociente to 7th. Um, there's even been some people saying he should leave because they didn't make make their gear i mean utter madness they lost they i mean they lost their best player this this um summer in real Ruiz diaz and they were already overachieving to be making the gear so uh some people expectations are just insane in mexico absolutely insane but yeah uh like i said it's a, it's a shame they just missed out uh but cruz azul did what they've done so often this season I agree. I think the Morelia fans are taking it too far. I think they were at a point where, it, you know, it was a flip coin, a coin flip, sorry. Um, and it's sad because Grasul really didn't have much to play for, so Morelia really needed this. If you could rate Morelia's performance this season from a 1 to a 10, what would you rate it? I mean, it's a s solid 8, really, maybe even a 9. Um they're just for me coming ninth with the squad they have after losing their best player is a phenomenal achievement the budget that they have uh, the players they have on paper they are so much more the, the sum of their parts is so much more than their individuals and there's so many you look at the teams below them I mean so many teams below them with stronger teams on paper and I'm sure are spending more money too so uh, for yeah for me they're they're one of the best overachievers. So sad. Morelia was almost there. <laughs> almost there. Almost there. So far, yet so close. I really hope that they take the season and try to match it next season. Don't you think? Yeah, it's a challenge, but I mean, the consistency that they've had under Hernandez is incredible. Uh, every year, I think, okay, they're going to drop off now, but that they've been around the, the, that top eight for a long time now. So for you, Hernandez stays? Oh, I mean, that's not even a question. I shouldn't be. This guy's, this guy's probably the best manager in Liga Mekis over the past two years. Like I said, from 18th to 7th in the Tabla de Cociente. That's a remarkable achievement. The improvement is incredible. Um, the only reason he'd, he'd go for me is if a, another team get him. Um, you know, Chivas I know Chivas there's Chivas fans that would like him and um, yeah would, that would make sense to me but he's someone who is ingrained in Morelia I mean mm -hmm. if he gets sacked it's the worst decision in history to be honest I agree in, in football agree. in football wise <laughs> football wise and see, the only reason why I ask, because I agree with you, is just we know Liga Mekis, the expiration dates on most of the coaches. When you think that they're going to last, they don't. And it could be because of a bad season or just 
you know, it really just varies. But, you know, I, I agree. I think what he's done has been remarkable, and I think you you said it um, clearly. So I really hope um, Morelia has a great season next season, and we hope to see him in La Liga. Don't you agree? Yeah. I, I mean, just if they, if they do sack him, I just have to question their expectations. And... They've, the thing is on themselves as the owner. You've sold your best striker and you replaced him with a 20-year-old. Okay, Sebastian Ferreira is an interesting prospect who's done quite well, but you can't rely on him to be as consistent and prolific as Rui Diaz was. The, finger, the reason they didn't make the gear is because they sold Rui Diaz in the summer. Yeah. The finger is on them, not on the coach. They didn't get his legit replacement, a striker with experience. They yeah. got a youngster with who could be a prospect, but they didn't get a, a, a now solution. Yeah. Up top. So if you're if you're buying for the future, yeah, you, <laughs> you can't you can't expect now. Yeah. Um, no, I. So hopefully, hopefully he stays. I mean, it'd be it'd be insane if he if he was sacked. Let's pray to those soccer gods. <laughs> um, okay, moving along to the other important game that took. Place Querétaro versus Necaxa, a game where Querétaro was depending on themselves pretty much to get the win versus Necaxa. And I, I didn't think this was a difficult game just because after Leanio left, this Necaxa has been terrible. The, the lineups have been really funky and it's just, you know, the players I don't think have much fault in it. Um, but Querétaro did end up winning 1 0 and. Yeah, Querétaro, uh, we're going to talk about it later, but Querétaro actually is in La Liguilla. So, for big props to them, depending on themselves, for the most part. Um, and they got into La Liguilla, squeezed right in there. Querétaro versus Necaxa. Tom, cuéntame, ¿qué pasó? The first half was phenomenal from Querétaro, absolutely. Um, I love the games on uh, Imagen Deportes because they have this effective time clock where they keep track of how long the ball's actually been on the pitch in, in play. And counting effective time in the first half, Querétaro were averaging a shot more than every two minutes, which is absolutely incredible. I mean, they were superb in the first half. Nakaxa looked as dreadful as they've been recently. Um, I loved how the Querétaro attack was playing together. Ruiz, Cortizo, the young Mexicans were outstanding. Camilo was as fantastic as he always is. Um, it was Samudio who got the goal. You know, the fullbacks were getting forward and, and helping out the attack too. Uh, and then, I don't know if the nerves settled in, but second half was Nakaxa dominated. And he thought Coreto were going to go on and win this easily. But Nakaxa dominated and Alexis Perez uh, was actually sent off in the... 86th minute and uh, you know they they held on a bit and again you know Volpi a couple of good saves um, had a had a good performance and uh, they held on for the vital win and then obviously with like you said they, they've made it into Ligia after Pachuca then slipped up against Leon definitely and I was I think I told you this too many times but I'm going to say it because no one else has heard me Querétaro <laughs> Um, like I had um, predicted coming up they do have a decent squad I think we really reviewed them 
in last week's podcast is kind of like a, a low-key squad that's been they have a lot of great players like you've mentioned um Rafa Puente I think if anybody saw that tweet like he was just in awe and really excited and I mean it's going to be tough who they're going to play against in La Liguilla but um anything can happen it's Liga Mekis and um I'm glad for Queretaro um Nicaxa, I don't know they're just going to have to find a way to bounce back in every aspect of the team because uh, yeah yeah, I mean, it's we, just sad. <laughs> we, I think we've spoken about them enough, but they yeah. got they got work to do. Uh, but yeah, definitely coming back to Caletano and Rafa Puente, you know, like we praise Hernandez for how they've overachieved. Um, I mean, there's just there's a point in it between the two. Either of Caletano or Morelia could have made it in. Uh, point can be won or lost very easily due to luck, refereeing decisions over the course of the season. Uh, but credit to both of them. Both of them have been the the underdogs that have pushed the big big names into Ligia and um, Rafa Puente I thought he was good at Lobos was harshly sacked and uh, he's bounced back mm-hmm. yeah, all credit to him he's bounced back well uh, and well, making Ligia is a great achievement for him definitely I was going to mention that how uh, all in all, we credit what he did with Lobos, and I don't think he was going to go much anywhere with Lobos. So I'm, I was really um, glad that Querétaro signed him, and I looked at the whole picture. I'm like, oh yeah, like this is it's a good squad, uh, managed by a good young um, manager, well-minded and all. So I'm looking forward to it, um, and we're going to talk about Aliya in a sec, who they're facing. Um, but moving along to Pachuca León. Um, very crucial match because Querétaro won one versus Necaxa so Pachuca de- depended on themselves they depended on themselves to get into La Liguilla that's all they had to do they just had to win that's all they had to do and I mentioned and it's pretty funny just thinking conspiracy wise like if they're playing against their brother Leon like don't you guys think there's some conspiracy there Leon has the thing to play with Pachuca can win easily and I even said it I mean if you guys heard me last week I was like Pachuca come on it's easy I would be surprised if Leon wins um and yeah I mean it was um it was a very very interesting match um most of most of the game Leon had you know opportunities and I was kind of like oh Leon's now playing how I want them to play at least somewhat and it was a very quiet Pachuca, quiet performance by Victor Guzman, which I was kind of surprised. Um, and it just sucks. It really sucks. Just because, you know, just like you, Tom, I was really excited to see this Pachuca in La Liguilla. I was excited to see Victor Guzman in La Liguilla, um, one of the best youngsters in Liga Mekis currently. So we missed that on Pachuca. We missed it on Victor Guzman. Pachuca can only blame themselves at this point. You know, you mentioned it well last week. Pachuca, from the start, they won what one of the, one from the first four they games. They won one point from the first four games. So, I mean, all in all, Pachuca did this to themselves, and I'm very sad. But they, they've been playing catch up since. But I mean, still, mm-hmm. last two weeks they draw against Atlas and they draw against Leon. Yeah. Win either of their, those games, they're in. So. You could you could argue that they choked a bit, and like you mentioned in this game, Leon had a lot of chances. I mean, at times okay. Leon were carving the Pachuca defense open on the counter attack, uh, and then 
I mean, things really for Pachuca just ended up in, in desperation. It ended up in lots of very, very poor crosses and deep long balls into the box, which caused absolutely no problem whatsoever for Leon. So yeah, they they went out in a bit of a bit of a whimper, I'd say, Pachuca. Although although there was that chance right at the end where Shaggy Martinez yes. uh, played a fantastic one too. And the ball just got away from him. And I can't remember who had the shot, but it was cleared off the line. Uh, and I thought that was going to be it. I thought that they were going to sneak in right at the end with, with um, a last-minute goal. But, yeah, cleared off the line by Leon. I mean, if there was ever, ever a time to, to let in a goal and no one would really notice, then that was it. But no conspiracy whatsoever. And um, Leon knocked the brothers out of Ligia. Definitely. I think um, I took Nacho's words saying that, oh, uh, we're not a step stool for anybody. Like, And I think that match perfectly explained that, you know, they weren't going to help. But you got they were going to try and at least play their last game with some dignity, what they have left. It's just to close out the season well and it just really sucks for, for Pachuca because, I, I, like I mentioned, we both were excited. But, oh, Leon. They just, they just, they just play with my heart. And um, Poseli's golazo. Was oh, fantastic. what a header! Unbelievable. Lethal. Lethal. It was, it was beautiful. And it, you know, the news that you know there was like the rumor saying that he, because his contract is about to end six months, and that he wanted to renew at least for two more years. He wanted to keep getting the same, um, um like getting paid the same. There's different stories that come out, yes and no, that they didn't come to an agreement. Leon doesn't want to renew him, and just a lot of back and forth. And um, yeah, Bosa Leon only has six months left with Leon. Um, it worries me in many ways um, because he's a lethal striker. And I think, Tom, you've said it. This season has been uh difficult for Leon why because we haven't had a replacement for Elias why because we just we just can't get a right winger and Bocelli can't get feed it up up top so yeah I mean what Bocelli's- why why would be poor scouting <laughs> for me it, yeah it's very very simple I, I can look at I've I never even watched the guys play I can look at the the data of Meneses and and Yadu Moreno and tell you that they are not very effective crosses and therefore not effective replacements for Elias and that's been proven absolutely right exactly and then Boselli has six months left and he has 14 goals to, to more to be the top scorer in Leon um, can it be done? yes I when someone um, Aldo Campos um, he's, he goes for Leon too and he, he tweeted at me saying can he do it for the season? He can, but Leon needs to really invest in someone, a winger, that's gonna actually going to feed Boselli so he can get 14 goals. Um, so I just worry myself in the long run. After Boselli, what's next? Who are we going to get? It's uh, There's a lot of rebuilding that's, that needs to be done at Leon for me. A lot of rebuilding. It's a broken Leon, but yeah, I, I, I think about that stuff. So, But I'm very proud for Leon for tying at least you know leaving me with some dignity to tell others you know we got we knocked out pachuca <laughs> literally um so anything else you want to add to the pachuca leon no okay 
So now comes the fun part, Tom. We are here. La Liguilla is set. And actually, you are there in Mexico. I say we are here, but metaphorically. Um, <laughs> in real life, you are in Mexico, and you will be enjoying a couple of these Liga Mix um, Liguilla matches, which I'm really excited so you can get the whole experience, especially in, like, playoff games. Um, so La Liguilla is set. Cruz Azul versus Querétaro. America versus Toluca, Pumas versus Tigres, and Santos versus Monterrey. Um, so let's go game by game. Um, Cruz Azul versus Querétaro. We have first leg and second leg. First leg midweek, second leg um, this weekend. So Querétaro will play Wednesday at home and then vice versa the weekend. Cruz Azul Querétaro. What is your prediction? Well, all of these games are fascinating. Of course they are. But this is a really interesting one. For me, you've got, in this season at least, the two best goalkeepers facing each other, Corona and Volpi, and both of whom are potential match winners. Absolutely. Then you've got... Very, very interesting. So, Querétaro... I'm going to reveal something here. Querétaro are the only team and I don't have data for week 17 because there's a bit of an error on the website but up to week 16 Querétaro were the only team out of the 8 that have made Liguilla that have scored fewer goals than their expected goals figure this season so they're the only team that aren't overperforming in front of goal they're the only team that aren't being very efficient now Cruz all have been phenomenally efficient in front of goal this season uh, they have not been a great team overall by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, this team fails a pass more regularly than anyone else in Liga Mekis. Uh, they are pretty poor at getting shots on goal. Their shots on goal figure is very low. And in so many ways, they don't look great. I think they're good defensively. I think they're good defensively in terms of the setup of, of the players they have. Um, Corona hasn't come out once this season so I think that suits him he's old he's not great at coming out I think this is a problem we saw in recent seasons and they've built a defence and a system where they sit very deep and, and look to just just absorb pressure and counter-attack and I think they're good at that I still believe in Kaishina's ability in individual games to come up with tactics to be able to manipulate the, the game in his favour and get the better of the opposition but overall this Cruz Azul team is not great at all and it has relied on Chuy Corona having a fantastic season and up front there being incredible efficiency in front of goal so the thing for me is this is unsustainable you, you cannot carry this on and so you never know when it's going to end you never know when suddenly these chances that have been going into the back of the net are missed. You never know when Corona will make an error. Mm -hmm. And in Ligia, suddenly that happens, bang, it's, it's over. The season's, the season's gone. Yeah. So, I don't... I just can't place my trust in a team that is so reliant on the overperformance. Uh, but we'll see. If they continue it, they'll probably win the league. But... Because because they're the only team really that have got the amazing efficiency in both ends. 
um, both their keeper and, and um, the forwards. Then you look at Queretaro, can they cause a threat? I mean, obviously Volpi, I think Camilo is obviously a fantastic player too. But there's a lot of aspects where they look good. Uh, they're, they're very, very good at winning fouls. They win fouls more often than any other team in Liga Mekis. Um, they've, they've got a fantastic cross efficiency. They've got a fantastic dribble efficiency. But they're also pretty, sh pretty poor at getting shots on target. Uh, so uh, it's a tough one to call. Um, you got to tell me. You got to tell me. I want to say Caretero are going to cause an upset. Because partly just because I don't want to say what everything everyone else says, mm -hmm. um, but it's got to end at some point for Cruz Azul. The, the, you know, Corona has at one point got to reduce his level of performance, um, and Volpi always he seems to come big in the big games, so it could be an upset here. I I think I I would love an upset. Um. I go for those, especially get it that all being uh, like the dark horse of La Guia is what I've seen. So I would love an upset. I would love it. Um, I, I honestly just go for Crasul on this just because they have a great squad. Um, I think you re you really explained well, and, and I could see why you would not rely on them totally. And it's have to end sooner or later, just like everything. Um, I just think. Right now, it's not their time. I think, you know, it's not their time to end things. And I think they they kind of already know. I mean, they won Copa Mekis. Um, props to them. I think they got a lot of confidence from there. And they just have a lot of great um, players that stand out. Um, and, and you mentioned this um, last week, Aguilar on the defense. Great. Their backbone for... For Cruz Azul. So I'm going to go with Cruz Azul, but I would love Querétaro to pull the upset. Yeah, the, th the thing you come back on the quality that they have, I mean, I'll, as I mentioned last week, Piojo Alvarado and Elisa Hernandez have been doing above average things for a long time now. Uh, so that that shouldn't end. The chemistry is amazing. Yeah, I mean, the, the two are fantastic, fantastic players. Okay, so Tom is gonna say get it that'll puts pulls the up the upset, and I'm gonna go with Grosso. I just I, I just don't like saying the same thing as everyone else. <laughs> no, no, I mean, but you know what? I think you you explained a lot that kind of backs up what you're saying. So I I would love get it that'll to advance. You know, so okay, moving along to America versus Toluca. Great match. Um, I'm, I'm excited. The mm. Piojo versus Cristante. You know, I was, I was mentioning to, to Wisa and Susan about I would love to see Cristante choke Piojo again. I think that was like my highlight of, <laughs> of what happened. It, it, it's just these two, I think, great toe to toe. Um, you know, you have America come in second. Toluca, who kind of has eased down on the table, and they mm. ended up being in seventh place. And their latest loss versus Lobos was really surprising to me. Um, but they could take it as a, okay, we need to bounce back, um, and we were going to bounce back versus America. And it's going to be a tough match, um, what I think. 
Um, I think when it's the Gia, a lot of teams definitely um, turn up um, in the Gia. I mean, we've seen Leon turn up the Gia and they became the champion. Um, so, America versus Toluca. I, I'm going to go with America passing um, because they have like, what, 30 something goals this season? Yeah, very, very, um, very effective in front of goal this season at Medica. 33 so, goals. But I, I just think the lookout is going to give them a hard time. It's going to give America a hard time. And But, you know, overall, I think America is going to pass. So what do you think? America versus Toluca? I'm saying America. I like this America team a lot. I think there's outstanding individual quality in this team. I think there are... Uh, they're a team that are suited to do very well in Liga Mekis within the style of Liga Mekis. They are the best dribbling team in Mexico, most frequent uh, successful dribblers in in Liga Mekis this season. And that matters a lot in this league. It doesn't matter a lot in Europe, but it, it, it matters a lot here. They've got goals throughout the team. Roger Martinez hasn't been the big goal scorer they expected him to be, but there's goals from everywhere. Martin, Peralta, all of the wingers can chip in with goals, whether it's Cecilio or Ibargen or Ibarra. Um, obviously, uh, in the midfields, you've got Mateus Uribe can score goals. And then the defence. Uh, I mentioned this last week when I said one of the highs of America's season was six goals from the two centre-backs. And Aguilera bagged another one against Veracruz. So that's, yeah, se- that's seven goals. Seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... There's... <laughs> There's goals from all over the team, uh, which I think is always a good thing because you're, you're not reliant on one guy. Again, they're a team that massively have scored, scored way more than they've been expected to this season. So you could still argue that that could end, certainly. Um, but I think they're, they're very good defensively. I could be better than they've been because Machesina hasn't had the best of seasons. But we know that on his day, he is one of the best keepers in Liga Mekis. So... I think this America team is very, very good, very strong. Uh, so much stacked, you know. There's so much from the bench that can make a difference, and that can matter a lot in the gear, especially for for America. How many times did we see Mickey Arroyo do that? Yeah. On Toluca, the form has been poor. What concerns me is that you've got a lot of reliance in their creativity on Ruben Sambuesa and Pablo Barrientos, both of whom have not played that much this season injury and suspension for the being the, the two reasons why and since uh, Sampu came back against Lobos didn't have much of an impact Barrientos I think has looked off the pace since he's come back in the last few weeks you know coming back 33 and 34 years old it's difficult to be out for a while and come back and be back at your top form um, you know have they lost a little bit of pace that, that may mean they're not as effective they're not able to get on the ball as much they're not able to beat players as much and be that difference uh, so that's what concerns me for them but I still like them as a team you know I still think there's a lot of threat I love I love the fullbacks the fullbacks are fantastic uh, Borja on the left Salinas on the right very very effective at getting forward and um, they are the they are the best team at um, compared to their total chances created they're the best team at creating big chances so when they create chances more often than any other team it's a good quality one gotcha so you're gonna say america i'm going america though i like america uh, a lot this team Um, i think they're simple but very effective there's so much quality 
No, yeah, I, I think you got you brought out good points, and like we've mentioned before, Roger hasn't had the greatest season, and, and um, that's the question, really, it, isn't it? Who plays up it, front? It, could he could he show out this league? Yeah, I think maybe, but I, he hasn't been my favorite, and I think maybe Mekanisas can agree. Uh, my best bet would be Henry Martin over him. Um, yeah. If I'm being brutally honest, and it, it just shows that statistically, it just shows um, Henry Martin is is more uh, creative up top. He's he has more goals than Roger, right? He's he's been better in very in many many aspects, and his his creativity is phenomenal. And Roger is a better dribbler, but apart from mm-hmm. that, Ma- Martin has uh, been a more effective player this season. Uh, the That's other question right. is is will Linus get a start? I was gonna. I was about to mention that. Um, I I hope so. Um, I think this youngster. If, if we don't get to see Butcher Guzman, we have to see Linus in La Liguilla. Um, and it just sucks that he was away in the, in the U20 Cup yep. for nonsense, while he could have been getting more minutes and getting himself prepped up for La Liguilla and you know turn on that. But you know, I, re- I really hope he gets a start and just displays his quality on the field and just see this youngster you know, fly through um, La Liguilla. And I do mean it metaphorically because Aguilas fly, you know. Just like the one I used on you, Tom, a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to see Linus get a start. Um, so so we both agree, America to the next round. First leg will be played um, in Toluca, and that was going to be on Thursday. Yeah. Um, so... That means that second leg will be Sunday. Sunday night, six uh, thirty. Sunday night, six thirty. We we shall see you there. Yes, no, maybe so. I'm to I'm, be determined. I'm pretty pretty <laughs> confident. Yeah. Okay. Okay. To be determined. Um. Okay. Next matchup. Felino matchup. Pumas versus Tigres. Pumas in third. Tigres in sixth. Um, uh, you know this this matchup very interesting. I think, like I've mentioned before, Tigres very neglected this season. I think we all really wouldn't expect Tigres to be sitting at six um, on the table, probably in the top like one to three. Um, but you know, I think we both mentioned Tuca has just neglected Tigres as he's neglected La Selección Mexicana. So we. What really can we expect? I mean, obviously they have the quality players. Um, Gignac just renewed with them again. Gignac se queda en México, but you know, even Tuca said this Tigres have been playing good. Obviously, they did get that six-one victory over Puebla. Gignac got four goals. Everybody's like, "Oh yeah, this is the Tigres." But I'm kind of iffy on La Liguilla with Tigres. Um, I don't think Tigres will have a problem with Pumas. Why? Because I think we mentioned it last week in last week's podcast. Pumas is very consistent. Um, unreliable, especially with if they're up. You know, we talked about that game in Puebla where you were there. Pumas was up and then they tied. But Puebla tied last minute. So it's just kind of credibility to their performances and they're very inconsistent. So I do I think Pumas comes in La Liga at a better spot than last Liga. Oh yeah, of course. But I think Tigres has this pretty much okay. So, what do you think? Pumas, Tigres, ¿qué me dices? Well, this is the big style contrast that we've got. Uh, the most direct team in Liga MX, Pumas, 
against the most possession-based team in Liga Mekis, Tigres. So one that potentially could be very interesting or one that could be a lot of Tigres having the ball and um, little action. Setting back and just waiting. Yeah. Uh, what's, I still think this is a good Tigres team and I think very good Tigres team. I think Gignac always manages to turn on Ligia, so we'll wait for that to happen. And he's already sort of found his form, obviously, those those four goals against Puebla. Plus, they seem to have found more of their system. It's taken them a long while. Uh, Tuka's had problems deciding his best lineup, especially in attack. And mm-hmm. I think he's worked it out better now. I think Vargas coming into the team has made a big difference. He's been very, very good since playing. I uh, didn't get much game time at the start of the season. But the difference with this Tigres team, I think, is defensively. And it's rare that Tigres aren't the best defence in the league. Mm-hmm. And they aren't. 18 goals conceded this season. So we often say this. When is it going to be past the sell-by date of Juninho and Ayala? And I think this is a Tigres defence that you can get at more than in recent years. Plus, Duenas defensively, I don't think is as solid as Torres Nilo is at left back. Mm-hmm. You know, he offers them a lot else. He offers them uh, playing as the kind of inverted fullback, stepping into the midfield alongside uh, alongside Carioca and Pizarro and helping them to distribute the ball and, and keep the ball in the midfield. But defensively, I don't think he's as, as solid as Torres Nilo. So you can get at this defence more than in previous seasons, which is a possibility it's an opportunity for Pumas and Pumas are a dangerous team going forward you know they're very very direct and they're good at what they do Carlos Gonzalez is a good target man they've got Felipe Mora who's a superb poacher barely touches the ball but he he finds himself in great positions to score and he's a good finisher I like Malcorda a lot in the midfield very very creative helps with their direct style of play so Pumas could could cause problems but the big thing for me is Pumas' defence isn't good enough mm-hmm. and I, I just think Tigres will have too much um, for what is a, a young Cantera based uh, inexperienced defence of Pumas and Saldivas had a very very good season surprised me impressed me a lot uh, but the defence for me against Tigres I think Tigres will have a bit too much for them so, my question to you, Tom. Quien avanza? Who advances? Tigres, yeah. Solid. Okay, we agree again. Tigres. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think I think I predicted a, a tie in the first leg because I don't think, you know, Tigres is at home. I don't think they're going to risk a lot. They're just going to really... Mm play around defensively, kind of wait for Pumas to attack and kind of get a, a group of where they're coming from and, and you know, take that to the second leg. But, yeah, I, I have Dita's um, passing. And overall, Pumas has had six ties in the season and Dita's have had five. So very interesting there. They haven't been the strongest teams. Um, so awesome. Okay, moving along to... Our last Ligia game. Santos versus Monterrey. Um, I'm going to start off with you. 
talk to me about what you think about Santos versus Monterrey. It's a tight one. It's a close game this uh, between the two two teams in the, in the north. You know, the we've spoken a lot about Monterrey this season, our disappointment in them, the particularly the way that they've played, the uh, lack of impact of Alonso, the fact that it's been very very similar to Turco, a lot of defensive football sitting back and counter-attacking uh, it hasn't suited Rodolfo Pizarro at all he's been very 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 disappointing I think also and there's been talk about this Avila Zatado has been disappointing perhaps he has passed his best but I think also you can link this into uh, the lack of Funes Mori only five five starts this season Obviously, he scored a phenomenal goal against Atlas, but it's not just the goals that he offers to Monterrey. For so long, he was the focal point where the long balls would hit Funes Mori, and then he'd be playing the ball off to Pabon and Hurtado either side, and then they'd cause the damage. So I think without him, Madrigal is nowhere near as good a player. Uh, Without him, the guys around him are going to be negatively impacted. So... When I first looked at this, I think, yeah, Monterrey haven't impressed me and I I don't think they're that good. But Funes Mori coming back into the team, I think, could change a lot. It could have a big, big impact on them. So it's harder to call them when I first thought. Uh, Talking about Santos, I think they're a good defensive side. Um, They have been dribbled past less times than anyone else in... Uh, Liga Mekis this season which I think is significant when they're playing Monterrey when obviously you've got the likes of Pizarro, Pabon, um, Hurtado, Gallardo some of the best dribblers around in Liga Mekis so I think their, their strength there will counter a strength of Monterrey as well but they rely on foot so much so much uh, and I'll say it again I mean his level of efficiency is unsustainable you can't keep scoring a goal for every two shots it's, you can't <laughs> keep doing it I want to prove you prove that uh, well he didn't he didn't score on the weekend against Pumas um, okay but he's preparing it, he's going to prepare himself for La Liga just, just hold up on him give him, give him give him a game if he does it's it's one of the greatest seasons in the history of football it really is but you know, if he leads them to the title, it'd be unbelievable. Uh, but there's a lot of reliance on him, and I've looked into this a little bit more. And I think the reason is so. Th- this is something I found which is very interesting. We all thought this summer that they might miss Janini. They didn't because of Capesita, who's done very well. We thought they'd definitely miss the two centre backs. Well, they haven't really because Hugo Nervo and Doria, who did score a bit of a comical own goal against Pumas, but. The two of them have been very, very good and solid, and they've replaced Itzgiedos and Nestor. What they've missed is the creativity from midfield, because mm-hmm. Brian Lozano and Osvaldito Martinez, in terms of dribbles, crosses, and key passes, are about at about 50% effectiveness than they were last season. So th- those two have significantly dropped in their creative output. Why? Whether it's individually, whether it's a team thing, I'm not sure. But their reduction in creative output is a big problem for Santos. And that is the reason why I don't think they're as good or as dangerous as they were in the previous Ligia. Interesting. 
Interesting. I think you're wanting Fur to prove you, prove you right, but he's not going to, Tom. He's not going to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't get. I feel like I repeat myself so much with Monterrey, but I'm not excited about this team. Um, I don't question the quality that they have with the players, not at all. They have a stacked team on the field as on bench. I just don't like how they play. I'm not like, oh my God, this Monterrey is playing so well. They're really dangerous. Collectively, no. I think, like you said, that you have great individuality um, performances that really stand out and that they probably def- you know, depend on more. Um, it's just... I want them to engage me, you know, like, hey, Cari, come, come to Monterrey, like, it's going to be worth it, like, we're going to play, we're going to show out, I'm, I'm not excited, you know, like, I want this Monterrey to convince me, like, hey, give me a reason to go, um, that's why I'm, I'm favoring Santos over Monterrey, um, I, I really am, I think, you brought out good points about Santos, but, um, I think they could do it. I think they could they could do it, and uh, like you said, Cabecita Rodriguez is a great quality player. They came in Furch have been a really great uh, attacking for for Santos and have really developed a lot. Um, and uh, Furch will keep uh, Furch will get two goals, um, first and second line combined, um, and then Alberto Martinez will get a, a free kick goal, his golazos or you know mid-range shot and it's going to be a golazo I, I, I'm going to say Santos um, I'm confident Santos I, if Monterrey plays well um, first and second leg but they still lose I will applaud them I just think they just had a really mellow season and like we said before and everybody probably gets tired of us it's like Mohamed never left <laughs> Legit. it is yeah. Yeah. Mohamed never left um, Diego Alonso I really liked him at Pachuca but he's brought nothing creative to Monterrey and it's Monterrey that's has the players that you can move around with and play with and I don't know maybe it goes deeper than that but so what are you telling me Santos or Monterrey Santos okay perhaps so you still believe in food you still believe in food perhaps it's going to be on uh, the fact that they finished fourth but Santos <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, I, I, I believe in the power of everyone to prove me wrong. <laughs> just the way you like slashed that, you're like, yeah, just just because they were fourth, like that, that, that's that's why I want I want them to prove me wrong. Um, it's gonna be a good game. Um, it's gonna be a close game, I think. So I don't think there's gonna be that many goals, honestly. Um, I think maybe we'll see more goals uh, when Santos plays at home, but the first the first game. Um, Played in Monterrey, I think it's going to be like a 1-0 Santos. My prediction. That'd be a good result if, if they win 1-0 in the first leg. <laughs> you will call me to say, hey, Kari, you were right. Because you like people proving you wrong. So, <laughs> Okay, I'm getting too excited about that. Um, and yeah, Bicero, not a great season. We kind of already established that. Um, so... We agree. Santos, America, Tigres, and uh, you secret and I secret. I mean, it's probably going to be Cruz Azul, but you know. Okay. But we, we, we kind of want to get that upset. The, the thing is, I've, I've heard 
four or five people make predictions now and they've all gone Cruz Azul, America, Tigres and Santos. So mm-hmm. I had to be a little bit different. Or would I dare say Toluca beats America? They could. <laughs> I mean, anyone could beat anyone. Look, they, at the end of the day, they, all of these teams... It's what we're right, I, I'll, I'll put this very simply. This Ligia is six teams that have overperformed in front of goal. One team that have an amazing goalkeeper. And one team that have overperformed in front of goal and have an amazing goalkeeper. That's it. Well said. Well said. So, guys, that is our predictions. Um, first leg and second leg, Wednesdays, Thursdays, first leg, second leg, Saturday and Sunday. And we will know next week who comes out alive from next round of La Liguilla. Tom, anything else you want to add to this chaotic Liguilla that you'll be living in Mexico for the first time? I'm I'm looking forward to a day off tomorrow. Re- recharge the batteries and then, yeah, it's gonna be something else. Uh, I'm I'm not really prepared for the actually being there. I mean, just imagine if I'm at one of the great Ligier games. That would be one for the books. It would be amazing. So, hopefully, wouldn't it have been amazing if? Morelia would have made it and then you would have seen like Morelia Cruz Azul Ligia game and then Morelia wins it's like flashback all over again but living it live it, you know what it was good enough my first ever Liga Mekis game was Morelia uh, both in terms of the first one I watched on TV and the first one I went to so that was good enough for me okay that sounds good sounds good okay well, you guys, that is La Liga teams, matches. We already talked about are set and ready to go. Be ready for a chaotic La Liga this week. Make sure to not miss any of these games because they will be very, very interesting and very intense. So hope you guys enjoyed this uh, preview of La Liga and tell us what are your predictions what do you think are you do you agree with Tom do you disagree with Tom um, I know someone I does <laughs> <laughs> um, you know tell us what you think and um, we'll be back next week for the next phase of La Liga um, so Tom people aren't following you already where can they follow you at? It's at TomH underscore 36. And where can they follow you, Karina? At Cari Torres underscore 7. You guys follow Tom for La Liga matches that he'll probably be at live and enjoying. So, um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening and um, catch us next week on another episode of another football podcast with La Liga set. And yeah, so keep listening to us, guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See you next week.